Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Field by Weird podcast, the only podcast that wants to wish everyone a happy cotton candy day, daddies. <laughs> I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with writer, producer, podcaster, comedian, all-around awesome guy, Jordan Morris. Jordan, how's it going, man? Hey, I'm doing good. Good to be here. Thanks thanks for having me. Dude, I'm so glad to have you. I'm Like I said before we started, I'm a super huge fan of yours. This is just... It's surreal for me. I even got my uh, <laughs> thanks, dude. I got my cotton candy Randy shirt on. Hey, look at that! The uh, Andy Warhol design. Yeah, I have most of them. So I'm and I have the uh, cotton candy Randy mermaid pin. So there's, you know, uh, <laughs> he looks good on merch. He looks good on merch. It's true. All right. So when I start these things out, I like to usually do a bit of an icebreaker question just to kind of sure. Yes. Nice. So let's do it. Question today is. Which two animals would you have swap sounds? Oh, two, which two animals <laughs> would you have swap sounds? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, do you have a <laughs> stock answer for this? Do you have one that you could, could you have like, you know, a great example that I can uh, jump off of? I do. Also, I'll, I'll flip and I'll start with my answer. My answer is, and I was going to go specific, but I think I'm going to go a little bit more broad with my answer. Swapping bears with ducks okay so, <laughs> i think so that works bear, bears would quack and ducks would right. all <laughs> i think people that would lead to people being more like more apt to go up to a bear and therefore this will lead to more bear maulings <laughs> yeah exactly. i don't want to get anyone killed with my choice sure Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you know these animals make sounds for a reason. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's see. I think it'd be cute if cats made snake noises. <laughs> that's pretty good. I guess they both kind of hiss. So maybe yeah. that isn't a great. Maybe that isn't a great swap. Well, I mean, a meowing snake is kind of horrifying. To be you know, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um. See, you know, maybe I'll I'll do this. Here's here's two of my favorite animal sounds. Okay. I'm a cat weirdo. That's okay. I love a cat. Love a meow. Okay. So maybe I'll swap the cat and the goat. I love a goat noise, especially a baby goat noise. I don't Ooh. know if you've ever heard a baby goat. It's one of the cutest noises. I have. It's pretty good. So yeah, I think I'll I'll just I'll just swap my two favorite animal noises. Goats will now meow and cats will now go ba ba ba. That works. That's a good answer. Thank you. Cute All right. Cute. Very much. All right. So, you know, with the idea behind the show, Fueled by Weird, you know, it's a concept where, you know, all the stuff you're into, all the stuff, your your hobbies, your interests, all that stuff, the stuff that makes you who you are, that's what essentially feels your weird. So what kind of things are you into? Uh, what kind of things am I into? So, uh, yes, um, just, you know, love, freedom, togetherness the word of god yeah, no absolutely. um <laughs> uh, the teachings of christ uh <laughs> i am uh yeah so i you know growing up was um you know into kind of your basic nerd stuff um sure. i'll i'll cite some blind spots okay uh, i have not i was i have not been into star trek until very recently that's a kind okay. of a new one for me but like star trek 
D and and um, I didn't get into horror until later. I'm a big uh, horror guy now. Uh, but I was a very, I was a real scaredy cat until like mid high school. Okay. So like name name your down the middle nerd stuff, and and that was me. Um, okay. So like a big video game guy, especially your Mortal Kombat's and your Street Fighters. Ah, um, I'm still very big into both those games. Yep. But bought the new versions this year um do you do you still keep up with them are you do you buy all the latest sequels i usually do i haven't got the new ones yet but the new mortal Kombat, especially the fact that they've kind of rebooted the whole story like or alternate universe i guess not really rebooted. (laughs) well get ready not really (laughs) yeah i'm i'm pretty excited especially some of those dlc characters yeah tasty i'm excited yeah, those the it's so cool how they call in the guest characters. It's always like a ton of yeah. fun to watch Sub Zero <laughs> fight Freddy. You know, right? Um, yeah, they definitely have like a a real fan's imagination for that stuff. It's like what what do people want to see, and they try and make it happen. I always appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah, and I know I love how bonkers both those stories have gotten, both Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, and like for sure. This this new Mortal Kombat, it's like we're rebooting it, uh, but not really. People still remember the old timeline, and they're fighting to get get it back in. Anyway, it's 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 wild. I love I I love how insistent they are um, mm. that these stories need to keep going. It's really they they don't have to do it, but we appreciate it. Um, yeah, so that stuff, and yeah, and I was a big reader. I was a big library kid, and uh, and and also a big comic book kid. Um, so yeah, I was definitely like you know, very into the Narnia books. And like, I started reading comics in the 90s. So like a lot of X-Men, a lot of Spider-Man, a lot of like, you know, uh, Spider-Man stories where he has a clone. So a lot of, if that if that uh, paints a picture of the era of comics. Oh yeah, I, I grew up around the same time. So I'm I'm right there with you. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you know, you love a Jim Lee X-Men. Oh yeah. Cool. Big time. Uh, yeah. And also, you know, and I was this is also kind of something that 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 has changed for me recently. I, I was a big Marvel kid, but I'm more of a DC adult. I um yeah, I kind of like left DC as a kid because I thought Superman was corny or whatever. But now I'm now I'm I'm a little more into the DCU. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the X-Men and Spidey still have a big, big place in my heart. And it's, you know, fun to far- follow all the Marvel movies, even though, <laughs> you know, the quality is up and down um in my opinion um but it's still like fun to follow and it's you know cool that the story keeps going so um yeah but uh but yeah these are these are these are some of my some of my nerddoms that's awesome and yeah i'm you know i'm the same way with marvel dc i i like me a good marvel tv show movie whatever Uh but since i was a kid i've always kind of leaned more toward dc because like you i also thought superman was kind of corny but i've always been a big green lantern fan so oh yeah, sure. I definitely have leaned toward DC quite a bit, and I still, I still have hope that we're going to get some good DC movies coming soon once we get everything restarted again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, and I will, I'll, 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 I'll go a little deeper and say that I did think Superman was corny as a kid, but I really love him now. I really love a good Superman story, and I think, uh, yeah, sometimes you know that that edgy '90s sensibility, I think you know made us all a little bit embarrassed to like superman but but you sure. know he's the he's the greatest yeah for sure and that's cool that you're getting into star trek now myself my dad was a huge trekkie so oh yeah i've been ingratiated with star trek since i was a kid so oh cool 
That's yeah, funny. it's 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 a real it's a real fun it's a real fun world and a real fun like you know I I like how it is a a optimistic version of the future. We yeah. we are so um you know we are so inundated with apocalypse stories now and dystopia stories and I like those I like those a lot yeah. but um yeah I don't know I, the me uh, turning on a. Uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is what did it for me, okay. uh, which I think is great. And yeah. yeah, I kind of really started. I mean, maybe it's kind of similar to starting to appreciate Superman a little later in life, but like something that's a little more optimistic, a little more hopeful and a little like, you know, more about how humans can be, um, you know, kind and work together if we're given the chance. So I I, I kind of like those themes. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Makes sense. And yeah, I I've I've still not warmed up on Superman all the way, but I do have to say Henry Cavill's Superman definitely started gearing me toward that direction of warming. Oh, yeah, Cavill's great. Bit. He's great. I it would be yeah. be great to, you know, see see him do another movie. Doesn't sound like we'll get one for a while, but uh, yeah. I thought I thought he was a he was a great Superman. I do too. All right. So I kind of want to shift gears now and I want to talk about, you know, what was it that got you, you know, you're you're a great writer, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. What was it that got you into wanting to become a writer in the first place? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think, you know, I st I started out very broadly just wanting to be in comedy. Mm. Uh, maybe one of the nerddoms I did not mention uh, was just being a comedy nerd. I was a huge Simpsons kid, a huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 kid, an SNL yeah. kid. Mm. Um, you know, all these were very important to me. Um, and, you know, then later, like the kids in the hall and uh, Mr. Show and some of those like weirder um you know, more, more alternative sketch shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I, I like graduated high school with this very general desire to do something with comedy. We had a little improv group in my high school and that was like a big deal to me, like doing improv. Um, I would maybe rather uh, choke to death than watch a tape of me doing improv in high school. So <laughs> if anyone out there has one, please destroy it. But um yeah, I think it really kind of like planted the idea in my head like, oh, yeah, like, all right, I can I can be funny. I can be creative. So when I went to college, I kind of like explored that I did like, um, a, you know, a high school or a college improv group and a college sketch group and did a like goofy college radio show on the campus radio station. So I was like trying out being a comedy person and yeah and i and i liked it i i really had fun with it um again all of that early stuff was probably a real bad and i apologize to anyone who had to watch me or listen to me do it but uh yeah it, it kind of like got the ball rolling in my head nice. and um you know our college sketch group uh we were called prank the dean and we did some shows at the very, very first uh, uh, like editions of the San Francisco Sketch Fest, which is now this thing that's been going for years and years. And it goes for the whole month and is, a, you know, a huge deal. But our you know, it was a smaller comedy festival and our sketch group got to do a couple shows with some more established sketch groups. And that was really cool to meet like. Oh, yeah. These are like professional working funny people. They, you know, mostly live in L.A. and New York and they audition and they do writing samples. So it was kind of fun to see 
like professional funny people and kind of see what they do and what their lives were like. So yeah, so like after college, I I you know from from that stuff had a couple of contacts and like um the Upright Citizens Brigade Comedy Theater was like just opening in LA. It's this kind of big comedy institution now and a lot of comedy writers kind of went through there and it was a you know a big uh yeah kind of learning ground for a lot of comedy people so they were just opening up so I was like taking classes there. Um yeah, so I was like doing improv in the evenings and and being a a PA, a production assistant in the in you know in my nine to five. So I was like getting coffee and um sure. uh you know copying scripts and you know having people's cars detailed and getting clothes for Fran Drescher's dog and whatever. <laughs> and um, I'm gonna turn up the phone here. Uh, so yeah, so I was kind of doing that, and then when I got off, I would go and do bad improv shows for 10 people. Um, and that was kind of the start of comedy. And yeah, so I was kind of doing it just for the love of it for a while. And then eventually started, started to get paid for it. Nice. So when it comes to your writing, you know, you've written for TV shows, you've written for, you know, for uh, good mythical morning, you've written your own books, podcasts, all that stuff. Where do you get your ideas from? Do you come to a project with an idea, do people say, hey, I have this idea for a project and you help them write it? Does it kind of go vice versa? How how does that how does that start? Uh sure. So like when you when you're writing for like TV and digital shows, like the Good Mythical Morning you mentioned, like you're kind of there to like you're kind of there to imitate a style a little bit. Like you know, obviously, I think people want writers to inject a lot of themselves into things. Sure. But, you know, with the TV show or with an ongoing, you know, digital series, they have a thing that they do and you are there to do the best version of it you can. So with stuff like that um, and, you know, I've done a lot of written for a lot of animation. So like they, you know, have a style they're looking, you know, they want you to uh, perpetrate. So like with that stuff you know, when you are a writer in a writer's room or when you are like hired to do a script for a show, like, you know, you're there to be collaborative and you're not there to like, you know, <laughs> break their thing. You're there yeah. to like do the best job with it. So, you know, with stuff like that, um, you know, I, I think you're supposed I like to show up with this attitude of like, I'm here to help. Tell me what you need. I I want to give you something you can use. You know, um, you know, like if you if I was you know working for a good mythical morning and I was like, uh, you know, Rhett and Link should do Tokyo drifting. Like, would I love to see that? Sure. Is that what they do? <laughs> Not really. Right. Um, so you know, you 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 try and like push push things forward where you can but also you know you want to you want to really take stock of like the thing you're working for and like and think a lot about what makes it work like um you know and working for working writing some archie comics which i've done is a is a good example of that like that is a very tried and true formula brand these are characters that have existed for you know a hundred years now just about yeah. And like you can do crazy things with them and, you know, they have a horror line that's very successful. And so, you know, you could like 
you could chop off Jughead's head, but he still has to like food, you know, like, (laughs) you know, so they're okay with like him being mauled, you know, by zombies, but he still has to make food jokes. So yeah, I, I I think, I think when you, when you're a writer in that sense, when you're working on someone else's thing, it kind of helps to think a lot about what makes this work. What's good about this. What do I like about this and kind of try and do the best job you can. Um, Yeah. And for original stuff, which I have done less of, but, uh, but some, uh, the uh, graphic novel uh, you, you alluded to comic book writing. Uh, I had a graphic novel come out a couple years ago called bubble. I, uh, that is a sci-fi comedy that I co-wrote with a great writer named Sarah Morgan. Uh, The art was done by Tony Cliff, uh, uh, the brilliant genius. And yeah, that was kind of an idea that came from uh, me just kind of needing a writing sample. When you're out there looking for writing jobs, you need something to send people that shows I can write. So yeah, I had kind of wanting to do something kind of funny sci-fi. So the premise of Bubble is it is a kind of near future where people live under these domes and each dome is kind of themed. There's a suburban dome. There's a, you know, uh, a, there's a cool beach vibes dome. And then the, you know, one where the story takes place is the hipster dome. And it's kind of like a little, you know, Brooklyn or Silver Lake or something like that. And so, you know, from that general premise, uh, you know, we filled out the world with characters and kind of a big corporate espionage plot. And, uh, you know, they all kind of became members of this gig economy where they have to fight monsters. So, yeah, that that was kind of an original thing uh, that I, you know, collaborated with people on. But the, you know, germ of the idea was mine. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, I think that came from just like wanting needing to write something. And then just kind of like following a funny idea. And I know there's a lot of different ways to kind of create an idea out of nothing. But the one I I like and I think that I use most often is just like think of an idea that is kind of funny to me and then follow it. Um, you know, what next? Like, OK, if people are living under domes, how did they get there? Who lives in this dome? What's their you know economy like? What is their religion like? Um and you know, I I the the thing I'm kind of I am I am pushing to people now is a graphic novel coming out next year called Youth Group that I did with a, a really great writer, a really great artist named Bowen McGurdy, and that is uh, a story about teenage exorcists. And you know that story I think has really great characters and is um was surprisingly very personal was like a, when I read it back, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is kind of my childhood in a wacky little horror story. But the, the germ of that was just like, what if modern goofy Bible study kids had to do exorcisms? Like just something that could be an SNL sketch. It could be a, you know, funny tweet or something like that, but kind of coming up with this idea that I liked and then just kind of populating it with characters who would be in this, Bible study group that does exorcisms. Uh, what's the world like? How long have the demons been there? How do you get a demon? So, so yeah, I think that's 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 kind of how I create something from scratch. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And then some is perfect. Okay. Um, speaking of bubble, I remember when the podcast was first announced. Oh um, yeah. Oh man, Jordan Moore is doing a podcast. This is fantastic. And I I ate it up. It was fantastic. I love. Oh, thanks, Dan. Dude. 
Huge yeah, I guess I should say the graphic novel I mentioned was based on a podcast with that same idea. So yeah, yeah. and I have my copy of it right over here. Even oh, cool! I was so excited when the guys yeah. adapted it, and I love how you got the McElroy brothers and all the other yeah. people got to be in it. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the McElroy boys. Yeah, they're great. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great podcast. Um, great comic. Um, Thanks. And your youth group book, I'm very excited about that one because. You know, just the premise, you know, I kind of think to kind of make it relatable a little bit, I think kind of like Adam Levine from the Righteous Gemstones trying to do oh, yeah. Criticism, <laughs> that. Yeah, that's hilarious to me. me I, love, I love that show and I love him on that show. <laughs> yes, me too. And just thinking about, you know, going to youth group and him and Keith trying to do an exorcism is right. hilarious to me. So I'm I'm super excited for this. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about since we're in the spooky month. Yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Pop's Chocolate Shop, of course. You kind of brought that up a little yeah. bit before. Just the whole, you're, I mean, the whole book is incredible. But, and I'm not even really a super huge horror nerd, but mm-hmm. this this book was great. Um, oh, thanks. Your your story in it, just your, and I know this has been said before, where Betty started a charity bake sale to pay for the charity car wash. That's incredible. Oh, thanks. So <laughs> why don't we talk a little bit about that? You know sure. how that kind of came about. Yeah, so um, Pop's Chocolate Shop of Horrors, you mentioned, it's an anthology, spooky Archie comic, uh, you know, kind of set in the diner. Like, what if Pop's Diner um, was, like, crazy haunted and, you know, the scene of various murders and cannibalism and stuff? So, yeah, that – God, that's so fun to work on. And I did a story in that with uh, a great artist named Liana Congas. and our story is called Soylent Teen. Um, ha ha ha. And it, yeah, it uh, you could you could maybe guess from the title where it goes. But, yep. um, mm-hmm. you know, Betty, uh, Betty sneaks into the diner at night and finds something untoward going on with um, uh, with regard to her missing classmates. And uh, yeah, it it um, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, Liana's a a uh, a super super talented artist with a great style, and so uh, it's so fun to work with them on this. And and yeah, so it started with like being Twitter friends with an Archie editor, uh, Jamie Ritante, a great um, a great editor and a great writer of Archie herself. Um, we just followed each other on Twitter and just you know replied to each other's tweets and you know tagged each other's jokes and stuff like that and yeah i when i saw that that she was an archie editor i kind of just like sacked it up and sent her a dm and said hey uh i'm sure you get a lot of these but i'm a fan if you ever needed someone at archie like i would love to do something keep me in mind um and yeah and it didn't really lead to anything immediately it it you know, she was kind of nice and responded and said, we'll let you know. And so, yeah, and it was one of those things that I just like bugged her about every couple of months until finally she said, uh, we we have something maybe you could work on. Um, yeah, so that's that's, you know, that's that's just the thing that <laughs> the creative people have to deal with is like how to ask for what you want without feeling like a total and complete shithead. <laughs> it, yeah. it, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a skill. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I, I think, uh, yeah, that was just kind of born of, you know, being casual internet friends with someone and, and being politely persistent. So, yeah. I mean, like Michael Scott says, you miss 99% of the shots you don't take. So <laughs> classic, classic <laughs> Michael Scott quote. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. 
All right. So, you know, kind of going back to the McElroy boys, I've been a yeah. fan of Maximum Fun for a long time. Oh, cool. And I, for some reason, it never clicked in my brain that you were the Jordan from Jordan Jesse Go. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about your podcast? Sure. Yeah. Jordan Jesse Go. It is a uh, it is a chat podcast with me and Jesse Thorne, uh, who you might know from uh, NPR and from the Judge John Hodgman podcast where he's the bailiff. Uh, yeah, so we were college buddies. I mentioned doing college radio. I did college radio with him. We did a goofy morning show and we got up at 5 a.m. and walked to the radio station and did, you know, bad prank calls and sketches and, uh, you know, probably were <laughs> annoying, but it didn't matter because <laughs> five people were listening. Yeah. So, yeah, we yeah, we just we we met in the dorms. We were like dorm buddies and we're both kind of comedy nerds. He was into, you know, kids in the hall and tenacious D and uh, you know, all that stuff. And we just kind of bonded over that and yeah, wanted to, wanted to try comedy together. So we, you know, did this goofy college radio show. And then when we graduated, I had moved to LA and then he moved here not long after and was like, what if we did our old college radio show as a podcast? I didn't know what one was at that point. This is very sure. early in the medium. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we just kind of got together, you know, in his living room and shot the shit for, you know, a couple hours every week. And then we kind of started incorporating guests and yeah, we were, we were early to the game. So we, we got a nice little following of comedy nerds. Um, our podcast is so pointless and premiseless. Like it's nothing you would do these <laughs> days. Like, yeah, you need a premise. Uh, you yeah. need something people can latch on to. But, but yeah, we kind of just were, were shooting the shit and you know trying to make each other laugh and talk to cool guests. And yeah, that's the show. And we're we've we're doing it fifteen years later. So. That's yeah, so that's awesome. something we do every week and it's a ton of fun. We have a very nice fan base. And yeah, it's a great excuse to just like talk to cool people. Um, yeah, and just like goof around with them. So yeah, it's it's a blast. I love doing it. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, I, I have a sim a similar experience, you know, like a decade or so ago, me and my friends, we would just sit around and talk and just shoot the shit for hours mm -hmm. and we're like, why are we recording this? Right. Because no one wants to listen to this. Well, maybe <laughs> somebody does. Yeah. Turns out not very many people did, but some people did. And <laughs> it's just, it was a fun way to have an excuse to talk to your buddies for yeah. a couple hours every week. And it was, that that was the big part is it was just fun to do. And, you know, like you said, now when you have a podcast, you really have to, you know, everybody has a podcast now. So really you have to kind of find you know, what makes you different, what stands out you have. There's so many rules now. Yeah. Because you have to just be different. But, but I will I will say, I think that that, you know, I'll 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 double back on myself a little bit and say that I, I do think, you know, these days people kind of tune in for the, uh, the premise. It's, you know, yeah, yeah crime, sure. it's bad movies. But I think they do stay just because they like the people and they like, yeah. you know, they like hearing people. They like shoot the shit. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I do think that, you know. Uh, you know, a, a good premise is a start, but I think that like, yeah, yeah, the the essential core of most of these things is like people, you know, people with 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 good chemistry who are enjoyable to listen to talking yeah. to each other. So anyway, yeah. So I think the premise probably brings you in, but it's more, you know, is the person that's hosting the show likable? Are they right? A nice person? Are they funny? You mm -hmm. know, whatever. Like you said, chemistry is is key. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. So going a little bit back to, uh, you know, I mentioned that I'm a huge fan of pretty much all of the stuff you do. Um, Cotton Candy Randy, you know, yes. all of your character work on Good Mythical Morning. 
you know, you've got Cotton Candy Randy, you've got the mechanic. The, that's my most recent favorite one. The uh-huh. mechanic that his wife ran away from with the transformer. Right. And he hates the others. Yeah, they there's yes. a there's well, a... not anymore. He did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to forget where we are in the story of that guy. Yeah, there's a recurring bit on Rhett and Link uh, on Good Mythical Morning, I should say, where I'm a like M- Michigan auto plant worker who yes. has a very complicated relationship with the Transformers <laughs> because his wife ran away with a Transformer at one point. But I think now where we're at in the story is he's like joined them in the thruple and he's opened up his mind to... Uh, you know, non-monogamous relationships. So yeah, that's that's a fun one that just keeps getting weirder and weirder. So when you're coming up with characters like that, like how, where does it, where do you pull that from? Um, so Cotton Candy Randy uh, is a, that's a, a, another good mythical morning character who is a like gross Santa who is like the spirit <laughs> of international cotton candy day. And he is like, and again, there's a there's now a rich mythos. We've been doing it so long, but yes. you know he's kind of just like a gross goblin or ghost, gross monster uh, who may be supernatural. Uh, we don't know. Um, yeah, that really wasn't my idea. I, God, yeah, I and to this day I don't remember who exactly asked me to do this. Uh, if if someone from mythical is listening and knows exactly who it is let's give them credit but yeah just the idea was like it's international cotton candy day and you're the like gross santa of international (laughs) cotton candy day so yeah with that very vague premise i was like all right uh okay so i guess i'll just come on and say a bunch of gross stuff and yeah just i did a voice where it was um the voice is, is me imitating a caterer they used to have who had a weird voice. There's this caterer who we would all like do impressions of who was yeah. always like, we have a lovely lemon chicken today. Have some lemon chicken. And I was like, oh, I'll do the caterer voice and make everybody laugh. So that's kind of where that came from. And yeah, but then, it, you know, every time you do it, you add a little more to the lore and it just gets more complicated. And yeah, here we are. We're still doing it X, X amount of years later, five or so, five or six years later. So, yeah, it's totally fun. It's awesome. I, I like doing it. I don't do a lot of like acting these days. It's something that I did a little bit of when I first moved to L.A., but like kind of gave it up for writing. But yeah, it's it's fun to to have a little like character to do and a little sketch performance to do. And yeah, the mythical folks are just fun to goof around with. So yeah, it's 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 a really uh yeah, it's always it's always a good time with them. It's really cool. I I know I posted, you know, I was getting ready to talk to Cotton Candy Randy and a ton of my friends were like, oh my God, <laughs> that's so exciting. Cool. Um so yeah, he's got fans. There's people who have tattoos. There's a lot of Cotton Candy Randy tattoos out there. So, yeah, it's really cool to see. And, you know, when it pops up on a T-shirt and stuff, that's kind of neat. Yeah, for sure. So, and I would hate myself if I don't ask. Um, And I don't want to put you on the spot, but I kind uh-huh. of am. Can you hit me with a sweet nothing? Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I I don't have a lot of them off the dome. Okay. Uh, it is something that I usually think of <laughs> on the way to the studio. <laughs> they are not like pure improv. They are okay. kind of written. Um, and I got if I can. I, what, are, what are some classic ones? Uh, I don't they don't usually stay in my brain after I say them, but it's something, you fair. know, it's like, you know, it's stuff like. I have a mouse in a sock, you know, and just, yeah. Come to my van later for free shrimp, stuff like that. Nice. Just kind of just random weird shit that 
Yeah, it's either like it's either like obsessive super, it's either obsessive or supernatural or gross or some combination of those. Awesome. All right, man. So what I mean, other, you know, if we want to just talk about youth group, that's totally fine. Other than youth group, is there anything else coming up from you that we can look forward to seeing? Um, yeah, no, youth group. Uh it, it's out there. It's out there for pre-order. Um bit.ly slash youth group book or Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local indie bookstore. Pre-order it there. Uh no, that's kind of my next big thing. Um, yeah, maybe some some more comic stuff that hasn't been announced yet that I will, you know, uh yell about on social media when it does get announced. But um yeah, youth group I'm very excited about. I think it's, you know, one of the best pieces of writing I've ever done. And Bowen, I cannot wait for people to see Bowen's art. Bowen is a a pretty spectacular genius and was great to work with. Um, yeah, so youth group's coming out next year. And uh yeah, you know, and Mythical is, is still uh still cranking out the laughs, and Jordan Jesse Go is uh we're cranking out our own sort of laughs every week. <laughs> so yeah, both those are still ongoing and people can tune into those. That's awesome. I'm very excited for youth group. I'm definitely going to oh, thanks, get man. a copy of it and I'm going to put a review on our website as soon as oh, I cool. thank you, get thank a you. copy of it. So I'm yeah. very excited to read it. Yeah. And yeah. I hope, I hope the folks like the premise, they pre-order it. That's like, it's a weird thing about the book industry that I'm learning about. It's like the yeah. pre-orders are kind of a big deal. Uh, it's not something that I did in my life that much, but now yeah. uh, I'm, I've kind of gotten into the habit of pre-ordering because now I know it's weirdly important. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, when it comes to your projects like this or other things you're working on, where is it that we can stay up to date and know what's going on with you? Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Social media. It's a mess, right? It's (laughs) Um, awful. Yes, I am. Uh, I am still on uh, on on the on the Twitter website, whatever, whatever we're calling it these days uh, at Jordan underscore Morris. Uh, Instagram is pretty fun. I'm over there. Jordan David Morris and. Yeah, let's see. I mentioned it. I'll say it again. Bit.ly slash youth group book. You can find all your pre-order info there. And uh, yeah, you know, I've got a website, jordanmorris.net. If people want to go there, uh, that has a bunch of links to, you know, the podcast and pre-ordering and all that good stuff. And yeah, oh, yeah, I guess I should say maximumfun.org or wherever you get your podcast is where you listen to Jordan Jesse Go. And yeah, I'll be talking about stuff on there. So if there's uh tour dates or you know book events or more book info um i'll probably be talking about it there jordan jesse go it's a podcast very cool and you can find all of that stuff because i'm going to post it on our website oh cool thanks along with all sorts of other nerdy news reviews interviews on our website geek-network.com you can find us at geeks az on twitter and instagram geek network on facebook i am cd is weird on instagram the music for the show is by polygon horizon they're a great band. Go check them out on Bandcamp. Uh, the logos for the show are done by my friends Chris Chandler and Mike Belcher. Go check them out. They're great comic book folks. And if you like the show, please leave a review and tell your friends because word of mouth is our friend. And remember, kids, to embrace the things that feel your weird and always geek responsibly. Jordan, thanks so much for joining me today, man. Thanks, man. This is ton- tons of fun. Great chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.